And welcome back to another edition of City View, Mayor Tom Koch's podcast. Look for Podcast Quincy. That's the name of it, really. You've already lost the audience, Mike. <laughs> that's typically my story. Uh, I usually lose the audience in the first few minutes. Mayor, welcome back to another edition in your office. Good to be back. It is. It's a beautiful we day. We last week. We did. It's a beautiful day here in the city of Quincy. A lot happening, a lot with the roads, a lot with, uh, let's say, let's just start with uh, Marymount Park looks fantastic. Yes, I'm sure folks have noticed driving Hancock Street uh, this past several months. Um, the master plan is really almost complete for that part of Marymount Park. Yeah, Marymount Park was given to the city in 1885 by Charles Francis Adams. And there was a master plan done in the 1930s by Herbert Kellaway, who was an associate of Olmsted, the famous landscape architect. And uh, so this this plan that we've been working on has been around for 20 years. I was actually the park director when we <laughs> kind of updated the plan and moved forward on it. So the it really looks fantastic. Of course, the fountain's been in there for some time, but the, the the beautiful stone pillars have been built by our own masons at the park department. Wow. Beautiful work. And, of course, we put the contract out for a beautiful wrought iron fence along the fence. So if, you, if you're running around in there with your kids, you don't want the kids to be able to run directly out into the traffic. So... It really gives it a finished look, though. It really mm. enhances the that whole stretch along Hancock Street. So, uh, yes, it looks nice. A lot of stuff happening. We'd be, we're paving roads. We're doing water main projects and sewer relining. We're doing playgrounds. We're getting the schools ready for opening in September. Uh, everybody's working very hard, so it's good stuff. Well, and you had an emergency uh, school committee meeting. That's where we last left off. I think it was like the day before or a couple of days before we did our last podcast was the next emergency meeting discussing procedures, protocols, COVID-19 still does exist, and we know the variant is back, and you had to kind of, you talked a little bit about that. You want to just remind folks of what happened. Yeah, so we as a school committee met, and uh, we have been under the mask mandate since last year. So we met as a special uh, committee meeting uh, so we could give some parents an idea because they were asking, you know, what was was the plan going to be? Because, you know, there, and I get a lot of emails. I get emails from both (laughs) extremes about, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll never vote for you again. They either want mass or don't want mass, you know, et cetera. Uh, we try to make good decisions based on everybody's public safety, public health. And what we had said at the school committee meeting, the state really, the, the rules really changed it because they narrowed it so that if you didn't have mass, one kid tested positive, the whole class would have to be quarantined. Well, pretty quickly, you could have a lot of kids out of school. And the whole idea of this September was getting the kids fully back into the buildings, no more hybrid, no more yeah. remote, get everyone back. Well, then, of course, subsequent to that, the state did put the mandate in. Statewide, all schools, K-12, through have the mass mandate. So it, it kind of made whatever we discussed was kind of a moot point at that. <laughs> uh, D.C. has the control. And I saw the Archdiocese of Boston has done a similar thing. They're following suit. And what we're going to do is monitor closely in the coming weeks and hopefully be, you know, well before Christmas vacation, we'll be have them off again. There's some scientists that are saying, doctors, that, this is, we're having a surge right now, but it's going to drop quickly once it peaks. They're talking about October, end of October, and then all of a sudden it'll drop off pretty drastically. So, But, you know, there's so much stuff out there. You can read so many different opinions and thoughts on this thing. It truly is real, and it truly is dangerous. And, and at the same time, uh, this is the one issue that everyone has an absolute opinion on. I remember in the middle of COVID, we were at this point deciding you, it was at least a third wanted to keep their kids home. Another third wanted to send them back. And another third wanted to do hybrid. At least now it's 50-50, right? Right. Well, it's they ex- don't have that third choice right now. That's why it's 50-50. <laughs> but it's exactly either 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 remove the masks or take them off or you're going to be voted out. I mean, that's there's no this in summer between. We, the, yeah, no- this summer we had 
mask optional for summer school. Yeah. So probably a third of the kids wore them and the others didn't. We didn't have any incidents. And that was going to be really the plan for the fall. At least the superintendent and I thoughts on it. But then as the state continued to tighten up their restrictions, it made it impossible to do that. Yeah. So no, stay tuned. We're, we're looking forward to getting schools open. All the schools have been completely updated. The air systems, air exchange, HVAC. Uh, and I've said, I said in the paper the other day, you know, there's probably many homes that have worse air than our buildings do the exchange rate. Yeah. All the fans, exhaust systems are working. So there's a, there's a pretty robust exchange rate. So the air changes constantly over so many, every so many minutes mm. uh, of the, with the fresh air exchange and so forth. So, you know, we're doing all the things we need to do. Everything's getting clean. The, we get ready, plenty of PPE to start the year with, you know, That's plenty great. of masks and, and uh, gloves and uh, sanitizer. So we did overstock last year, not knowing what the fall would look like. Yeah. So we're ready. You know? Well, you know, it's funny too, Mayor, uh, that some some folks, this is just one of those things that they just, it becomes a political issue and, and it shouldn't. There's Everything the, seems to be political and, and this is, Of course, there's a school of thought that some doctors believe no masks, some doctors believe you have to have them and we got to take a little bit of each. Can't we somehow, I mean, I, and I know that this is even, even the medical community is not an exact science, right. but for the most right. part, we just got to try and be smart about well, this. Science, sense. science is continue, you know, anything in science, it continues to evolve. Science isn't uh, absolute and perfect. Right, we, right. They continue to whatever that you feel, whatever topic you want to talk about the research, but you know, this thing's evolving. Now we get the variants, So it's different than when it started. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, we do the best we can. I'm not a scientist. We'll follow the data. We'll follow the governor's <laughs> lead and try to make the best decisions for all of both kids and citizens. Well, and there's a lot of rumors going on out there, too, and that's another reason why I think we're getting to this point, that uh, you will not specifically be putting any kind of a mask mandate for any, you know, going indoors or anything. I mean, it's, it's up to the business if they want to, but you're not going to be doing that. That's correct. I have talked to Tim Cahill, head of the Chamber of the Commerce, and others that have inquired. I know the city of Boston and other cities are doing it. I am not going to be uh, initiating any kind of a mandate, mask wearing, uh, obviously outside of the schools. Mm. Businesses can make their own decisions. Uh, we will not be. I, I, I don't see us, unless it gets real, real crazy, I don't see us revisiting that. I think we've uh, adults can make decisions for themselves. And, uh, you know, I, I, some, sometimes government, I think, has way too much to say on stuff. And we'll let it to the people to decide how they want to handle it. All right. Well, I, will, I would say this. I, I had the COVID, as you know, Mark, last winter. Yeah. Uh, but I also did get vaccinated in the spring. And that's another issue. People have asked me, are you going to mandate vaccinations for city employees? I will not. I, uh, but I do encourage people to get it. I, I think that there may be legitimate reasons not to get one, whether it's uh, health issues or religious issues. But... You know, it has uh, it has proven out that uh, it does make a difference. As I saw the stat, I think 0.2% of the people getting the variant that were, were vaccinated, 0.2%. So so 99.8 that were vaccinated are not getting sick again. Yeah. So I think that's an important stat. But again, people can make their, only de- right. their own decisions on that. We're a lot different than Texas and Florida, which are, you know, 33, 35% vaccinated when we were 85% vaccinated, at least one shot anyway at this point. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. The governor's done a great job on oh, this. Yeah. I mean, he took a beating on a lot of things, but he just followed the data. They stuck to a plan and, and it's working, I think. And you just have to tune it out. That's right. We have a big event coming, uh, obviously, on September 11th and the 10th. And we want to just at least, we'll, we'll talk about it more in the next couple of weeks, but it really does bring up or it does remind us of what's happening nationwide. I mean, we have a, our big event is the, the opening of the J 
Generals Park and Bridge. Right. And that's all coming on September 11th. But, you know, that just just brings to mind on the, the amazing leadership that came out of this city and the concentration of leaders that came out of this city. But uh, just now, of course, one of them is still involved in what's happening right now in Afghanistan. Yeah, actually, uh, we, you know, we have two generals, uh, General McConville, who is chief oh, yeah. of staff of the Army, and two-star general from the U.S. Na- Army National Guard, General McGinn. So they're both active, both involved. And, uh, you know, I, I hope General McGonville is going to be able to join us because who knows the way, the way things are going right now. I have had some communication with retired General Joe Dunford on some of these issues. I, I have read his report. He, he co-chaired a group that yes. did an Afghan study. I've read some of the remarks. I, I'm, I'm quite frankly watching the news over the last week. I've been astonished, absolutely blown away, Mark, on this country on the world stage and how bad we look. I think it's outrageous. I think it's disgraceful. And and then to see the, the president blaming the generals recently and following their advice, that's a lot of baloney. Hey, this is where I've often said, if I ever write a book, it's going to be called the fourth branch of government. You know, so the non-elected people, the policy wonks are getting involved in government. They all have agendas. They're not elected. They're not accountable. But, you know, I, I see these, you know, more left-wing, more liberals, and all studies show it, perhaps they're Harvard grad or wherever else, and and they're coming and advising the president. They have no experience in this stuff, but they have opinions. Uh, so it's um, yeah, it's frustrating. Th- you know, I, I have a father of a Marine, and, and he's he just got finished this July. And to see uh, 11 Marines, I think it's up to 13 total between Army and Marines. I think it's 12 Marines now and one Army personnel. I think, yeah, it was, it was 14, killed. I think. Uh, and we've got recording three this kids from Quincy, two Marines from Quincy that are over there, who are over there, and uh, somebody from... Uh, from the army that's over there. And I know the families well, they're great families. Uh, and to see the callousness by which this president is running the show, it's just mind boggling. And I, and I went on and I saw, you know, uh, comments from great Britain, parliament, Australia, uh, you know, this president came in and said he was going to repair all the relationships that the former president so-called damaged. I tell you what, as a father of Marine, I was never worried about my son when Donald Trump was the commander in chief. Now there's a lot of issues I didn't like with Donald Trump. And I personally, I didn't think he was a great human being, but his policies and it was pretty quiet around the world. You know, nobody fooled around with him at that point. Now he was talking about getting out of Afghanistan. We've been there 20 years and I'm not arguing with the president that the decision to leave, because I think the American people have, have had it, but leaving how you leave, what do you leave for presence? Turning over all our equipment to the Taliban, I could go on and on. That they, they just taken over the embassies. Billion dollars is outrageous, absolutely outrageous. Um, you know, if you if your deadline, which I don't think a president should ever announce the deadline anyway, but he announced the deadline. Well, the people should have been three months ago. We should have been way ahead of the deadline. To think where it it it's just maddening. It, it, you know, I, and these kids that were killed over there, there was no need of it. There's no need of it. It's look, and I'm not an expert on foreign policy. I'm, I'm a municipal mayor. Just common sense, right? This isn't even common sense. Anyone I've talked to, everyone feels the same way. No matter who you voted for, everyone feels the same way. This is outrageous. What are we doing? And and then of course the president saying he, you know, he he's kind of taking the advice of the generals. I I don't think he's truly forthcoming on this stuff. And I'm not so sure he's truly, you know, in in enough shape to make these decisions. I think he's getting a lot of advice. I think he's getting some bad advice. I would have probably kept the presence in Afghanistan going forward, keep a couple of bases over there like we do in Japan and South Korea and other places. For 70 Listen. years. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and that, that helps keep control in the area because you know we're going to have issues over there. You know, we know we're going to have more terrorism coming out of that area. 
But one of the interesting things, Mark, that astonished me as well is, where are the liberal feminists not saying boo? And you think about the women in Afghanistan, how they're treated. And the U.S., over the last 20 years, we built schools. Women were getting educated. They're learning to read. They're learning languages. Not having to wear the burqa. That's correct. And, and now all of a sudden, that's all shut off. It's like going back to the Middle Ages for these, for these women over there. Where's the outcry for that? Talk about human rights. And, and look, at there's differences in all cultures. I get it. I guess we shouldn't be in the business of nation building. We get to recognize cultural differences. However, we all, always stood for freedom, that beacon of freedom. And any time JFK's inauguration address was one of the, was the greatest, you know, that would, would stand with any friend and against any foe when it comes to freedom. So it's, it's very disappointing to see what's going on on the world stage. And I got to believe uh, China and other Russia, they're laughing at this. I mean, to think uh, if we look like clowns on this issue, our own allies are all upset you think China's worried about Taiwan now and Hong Kong? Yeah, I know. You think they're worried about it? I don't think they're worried about it. Once the, once America starts to lose their, uh, I mean, we're we're literally the the litmus test on where we should be when it comes to our credibility and when it comes to our ethics and how we deal with with these situations. And now we've just gone. We've it's kind just of it's it just away. it's unraveled in in a matter of a few weeks. It's absolutely unraveled. And uh, there's a lot of people, um, a lot of families around this country that lost a loved one during that twenty years on the battle against terrorism. How do they feel at the way of, the way the exit's going, you know? It's it's just it's just maddening. It really is. I I'm so disappointed. I this president had an opportunity to bring the country together. And that's what he bragged about that he was going to do. The first thing he was in office, he issued 40 to 50 executive orders pushing issues far left, far beyond what Donald Trump did on the other side. Uh, that was right out of the box, right out. So what more kind of a Obama message? Too, more than anyone. Yeah, I mean, so what kind of a message are you sending, trying to work together? You know, and then of course this issue, I think it just blows everything off. I, you know, this this guy, uh, it it's troubling to me. The commander in chief, the president of the U.S., Joe Biden, is not in, in my opinion, in the physical or intellectual shape to be running this country. I really believe that, and I and I know there's a lot of people around him, and there's a lot of good people around him, sure, giving him advice, but. It's really troubling to me. It really is. I don't, I'm not comfortable right now with the commander in chief. Somebody made it, and I don't make the light of issue, but somebody said that Jimmy Carter's doing a dance because now he's not going to get on as the worst president in the history of the United States. Well, you know, what you've said this many, many times on this podcast and in many different areas and circles. The number one job for your mayor, governor, president, whatever, what's the number one job? President's number one job is to keep us safe. Okay, well. Keep us safe. Commander-in-chief. That's the main role. Safe. That, safety. Absolutely. That's absolutely. the number one. Yep. That's what I meant, safety. Yep. So that you've said that before. So safety is the number one rule of a leader in a, in a, in a, with a so, city, state. So or as or Afghanistan federal. falls apart and there's less fear now of America, you can only imagine what's going to happen with ISIS and, and the comeback of the terrorist cells and groups. And, you know, before long, we may be having another issue in, on the continental U.S. somewhere. I certainly God pray forbid. and hope not. Yeah. But it's a, it's a scary world. There's a lot of evil in the world. I, there's people that say, oh, we can sit at the table and negotiate peace. No, you can't with some of these people. Yeah. It's impossible. You're dealing with evil people. Right. They're bad, bad people. Um, not think, everyone is good. And to think you know? we can negotiate with the Taliban is absolutely ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and you know, to think that we just reduced to one airport to pull this all off, and this airport in Kabul is, is not, you know, they they've literally got a street around it. That's that's the width for security. It's it's crazy. I, I just I'm just so frustrated with it, and you know, I I uh, again I'm not a um, an expert in foreign policy, but uh, 
I'm a father of a veteran, and I got some common sense. And what we're seeing right now is just a maddening, outrageous, and we're doing more damage to that region. We're doing more damage to our allies. You know, you forget the Great Britain, Australians, they had skin in the game. They had soldiers over there. They had resources over there as well. So when we pulled the rug from under them. This was outrageous. Well, tell me what you really feel. Well, maybe we should change the subject. <laughs> well, it uh, it gives us more uh, uh, excitement to celebrate the uh, the generals that we have coming on September 11th, and we'll talk a lot more about that in the future. It is going to be uh, exciting. It's it's um, yeah. lots it, of prayers for the for the folks that have passed in, in this last couple of weeks uh, to our to our servicemen. And Absolutely, the flags are at half mast as we look out the window uh, in honor of uh, the loss of these guys and 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 women, and we. We certainly keep their families in mind because it's the families who families who think about it 24-7 when they are off in harm's way. And then, of course, having to deal with a loved one, losing them in combat is tough. And I know it's a volunteer army and Marines, and you know it's not a draft. People do it because they want to do it. But that doesn't make it right uh, in, in a sense. Um, I'm not happy about what I'm seeing. I pray for the people that are over there. We got at least three Quincy kids we know of that are serving over there. Two of the Marine Corps, one of the Army, as I said, and uh, we certainly keep them and their families and thoughts, as well as all of them that are serving, uh, because it's uh, it's the best armed services military in the world, no question about it. No question. And at the end of the day, they do take orders from the civilian leadership, as it should be. That's what it was designed under our Constitution. But That responsibility I'm should not, be great. I'm yeah. not feeling too good about the civilian leadership right now. Okay, well, Mayor, I think that's a good uh, note to end this on, of course. So... Uh, is there anything Thank else you, Mark. Anything no, else you want to talk about? Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> you too. All right. Thanks, boss.